day that the Lord has made. I just believe that we should just rejoice and be glad in it. And a lot of times we like to end on gratefulness. What did you pray for? Everybody said they had today. So there's some newcomers in this in this room. Where are my new people at? Where my new people? Throw your hand up. People that have been here before, give it up for the new people. Come on. We just believe that loving God is dope. We just believe that we want to make, that's it. We want to make loving God look cool to those who may be uh, listening in on the calls and those who may be viewing via the webcast, uh, social media. And um, I want to put you all on the spot right now. I believe that everybody got something to be grateful for. So we're going to go around the room, introduce yourself, and, and just give me one thing that you're grateful for today. Everybody say they're grateful to be here. So give me one thing that you're grateful for today. So we're going to start this Bible study off in a spirit of gratefulness. Yes. Which side are we starting off? You reach for it. You say, I got you. Okay. Hello. Good evening, everyone. Um, my name is Maya. Um, I moved here about a year ago. I'm thankful for my job and my family, most importantly. Hi, my name is Joe, and I am thankful for this new year. Hi, um, I am McQuill, and um, it's my first time here. Um, and I'm thankful for this opportunity. It's my first time here, so I'm looking to um, to see what it all entails. Um, hello, everybody. My name is April Whitfield. Um, I've been in Charlotte for a year. I'm new here as well, and I'm thankful or grateful for the blessings I'm going to receive in 2016. I'm Adrienne, a.k.a. Y. I am um, very grateful for literally 2,000 women joining in on a, a Bible study group that we have online, and it's just amazing. Hey, everybody. I'm Eddie Young. Um, my wife and my family and I, we moved up um, from Greenville, South Carolina about five years ago. And right now, I'm thankful that we're not in Greenville. That way, we don't have to see all that orange since we still won the national championship. But, uh, yeah. Slice shade. We still love them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, my name is Shanique, and I am grateful for the stretch and for the pull on where I'm going in 2017. I am truly excited, and I am pumped and just ready to be in position to do what God has called me to do. Hello, everyone. I am Melody, and I am grateful for God giving me the ability to walk out purpose. Hello, I'm Thomas, and I am grateful that I really technically had a day off. I didn't really have to go in the gym today, but my niece texted me, so I went in and spent an hour with her in the gym. So I had an amazing day, not a good day, amazing day. <laughs> All right, I'm Sheldon Page. Who kind of took what I was thinking, but... I I'm thankful that when I went onto the meetup today, I saw that it said women and men. <laughs> Hi, my name is Shay, um, and I am grateful for growth. Uh, hello, my name is Hillman, and uh, what I'm grateful for is the new opportunities that God is going to place um, in my life in 2017. My name is Jamel, and I am grateful for God's patience with us. 
I'm Farah, and uh, I'm just grateful for life. I just think that every day that we can wake up and then walk out of bed and then not be sick, and we just have to thank God for that. Hello, everyone. I'm Nicole, and I am thankful for God putting friends in my life that invite me to Bible study. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. I'm Kelly, and I'm thankful for God's grace, first and foremost, and for the opportunity to be here two weeks in a row because I had so many blessings this past week. So I'm grateful for you two for affording us all this opportunity. Give everybody a hand. Give yourselves a hand. Well, I'm not going to let this moment pass without saying what I'm grateful for. I'm just grateful for all of God's blessings. Every time that I think he's done enough, he always do something new in my life. I just started a new, a new job this week. A new job, which is an old job, is still a new job because there's new opportunities there, and I'll talk a little bit about that later. So I'm just grateful for God bless. I am grateful to be here. I love stolen lunches. I love the vision that God placed in me and us uh, a couple years ago. So to see it happen when at first you don't believe it, you're like, yeah, right, God. This is not going to happen. Sounds cool and all, but not going to happen. So when I see it happening, I'm extremely grateful, so I'm very happy to be here. We, wanna, we always start off with a devotion. Well, we don't always, but we try to. Um, great way to start your day if you don't have a devotional. So today's reads, if you've already read it, I'm sure you probably have a why, but every time you affirm your trust in me, you put a coin into my treasury. Thus, you build up equity in preparation for days of trouble. I keep safely in my heart all trust invested in me with interest compounded continuously. The more you trust me, the more I empower you to do so. Practice trusting me during quiet days when nothing much seems to be happening. Then when storms come, your trust balance will be sufficient to see you through. Store up for yourself treasure in heaven through placing your trust in me. This practice will keep you in my peace. I have scriptures for you if you want to write them down. Psalm 56, that's 3 through 4, and Matthew 6, that's 20 through 21. Again, it's Psalm 56, 3 through 4, and Matthew 6, 20 through 21. All right. Thank God for his red word. And tonight we just kind of want to talk. You know, we do Bible studies differently. We like to make it all inclusive. So we all have something to share. You know, in praying about what we were going to talk about tonight, uh, we talked with one of our friends on yesterday, and God just really gave us a word, and he confirmed the word that we wanted to share with you this evening. How many of you ever had to make a big decision in your life, a big decision? Recently. <laughs> so I think this can be relatable to everybody because we all face those points in our lives where we had have decisions to make on sometimes not what's good but what's best. What's not what's good, what's best. And um, we, we discussed this on last evening, and the scripture came to mind that's coming out of the book of Acts. And since our computer is... Oh, technology tied up, so can you really help us with... Um, anybody want to volunteer? Acts 9, Acts 9. Acts 9, we'll start with uh, the first person go through tonight. Just throw your hand up if you want to volunteer. It don't matter.
Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and requested letters from him to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, either men or women, he might bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he traveled and was nearing Damascus, a light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord, he said. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. But get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the sound but seeing no one. Then Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were opened, he could see nothing. So they took him by the hand and led him into Damascus. He was, unable, he was unable to see for three days and did not eat or drink. Thank you for that, Brother Young. Okay, this is the, the Bible. Um, we find this man named Saul on the road to this Damascus. And, and it seems like Saul was a, a cruel, wicked man. Anybody know anything about Saul? What was Saul doing right there? What was Saul doing? Talk to me. He was persecuting the follow Christians, the followers of Jesus Christ. This man was literally killing Christians. But what happened to him on that road to Damascus? What happened? Anybody just blurt it out. A white light appeared and it struck him to his knees, and he was blinded. He was blinded. He lost his sight. As he went on reading, um, how did he regain his sight? Anybody know? That's right. A man named Ananias prayed over him, laid his hands on him, prayed over him, and he regained his sight. And after that, anybody knows what happened. Saul's name was later changed to what? Paul. Did y'all know that Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament? He became one of the most powerful men that was used by God. But this is the same man who persecuted Christians. So if I had to put a title on this message, I would call it, What Does It Take for God to Get Your Attention? What does it take for God to get your attention? I'm going to throw the B-part on it. I'm going to throw the B-part on it. The journey of decision-making. The journey of decision-making. This is a man who lost his sight. He, he received a warning before he lost his sight, though. He said, Saul, why do you persecute my people? Why are you persecuting Christians, the followers, the church? Saul was struck down and was blinded. I'm going to let you take over. So I'm over here like, put me in, coach, put me in. So, so, right, let me, I got a lot to say. So the way this happened last night, you know, there are so many words that Ty and I received in the last couple of days that, that we wanted to share. Sometimes when you're called to lead, you're like, well, God, which one like, give me the word that you want me to share on Tuesday. And so last night, I was so exhausted. I said, we need to get our word together. 
we have, we've talked about so many different things, but we don't officially have this word that you want us to lead with. And this man was like, I'm tired. I've been up since 5 a.m. I ain't doing that. I'm not. Do you see me? And he went and got in the shower. And I don't know if you have certain things in your life that whenever you do that, that's when God speaks to you. I've heard Shanique say 3 a.m. You get those 3 a.m. wake-up calls where God is just speaking to you and you can't sleep. For him, I know it's the shower. He's in the shower. And he says, he always comes out with, so God just told me this. (laughs) And it's always in the shower. I'm like, what are y'all doing in there? He's just standing in there while God's talking to him. So right when he came down, he's like, let's do this. God gave me this word. And, y'all, I'll be honest, sometimes too much scripture will kind of scare me and intimidate me. So when you were reading the scripture, I was hoping that no one got lost in it because this is a, beu- it is a, it is a powerful story, not even beautiful, but powerful because here is a man, Saul, whose only job for years was to kill people who, like, who love Jesus. You spoke Jesus' name. You believed in the Bible. And he, I'm killing you, okay? And in the scripture, he talks about he's trying to get approval from the priest to say, can I go find, like, not even just right here where we live, but can I go out and travel and go bring these people back? I, I wish to bring them back in chains to you, and we can kill them any way you want. Like, whatever you want to do to end this, we can end this right now. So here is this man that was horrible. Right, And as he's trucking down to go get these Christians, to go get these people who love Jesus, something happened. And I love the part where it says, he fell to the ground. So sometimes when God is speaking to you, he's sending you all these signs. He's talking to you, but sometimes he has to throw you on your back. And literally on his way, threw Saul completely on his back. He sees Jesus. Jesus speaks to him. He talks to him. And Jesus is saying, why are you persecuting me? Meaning the body of Christ, meaning the church, meaning everyone who he's trying to kill. Why are you doing this to me? And it was then that immediately took his eyesight. What I love when we were talking and praying about this last night and researching is what he said, that once Paul goes through, or Saul goes through all this stuff, he ends up changing his name to Paul and becoming one of the biggest, leaders, supporters, advocates ever for Jesus, ever. So that's why I titled this message, (laughs) My Chosen Instrument, because I believe that a lot of us sometimes go through things in life where you don't feel good enough. Your past is so shameful. The things that you've done, the things that you've said, Sometimes you can't break away from that. But how many of you know today that God can still use you? And you, meet, you may be that person that he uses bigger and better than the person that you're sitting next to who hasn't had such a dark life. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to break it down into a couple different points here and really deciphering Saul's life versus Paul's life and, and, and analyzing the decisions that you have to make in your life. So if you wrote down the title, either mine, which is better, <laughs> or you use this in the, I would ask you to write down our first point. Our first point is God's will above all. God's will over everything. God's will above all. Jesus taught us how to pray in the Lord's Prayer. Somebody finish the line for me. Not my will. 
Come on, let's say it again like you mean it. Not my will. Sometimes we think we know what's best for ourselves. <laughs> oh, Lord, this is, is going to be good for me. And God's saying, uh-uh, uh-uh, I got something better for you. We were talking to our friend last night right before we dived in in this word, and we was addressing the same issue. He was asking us about a decision he should make. He knew the answer. It was right there in front of him. But he wanted confirmation from us. Sometimes God will put it right there in your face. And when we tend to ignore the decision that we make, how many of you know if you don't learn from your mistakes, you got to go through them again? The beautiful, go ahead, put your head up. She said, me. The beautiful thing about this passage, when he was struck down, he fell to his knees. Sometimes God has to allow us to hit rock bottom in order to get our attention. <laughs> Sometimes we got to get on our face, be in a prostrate position, position to humble ourselves before Almighty God because that's a position of surrendering, saying I can't figure this thing out on my own. It's not my will no more because a lot of times when we try to do it our way, we mess it up. So we're saying it's, it's not my will, God, but let your will be done. So we're asking God to take full control over every decision that we make in our lives. Therefore, it, presents, it, it prevents us from going through all the hell, come on, somebody, and all the turmoil that we don't have to go through if we just listen to God's voice. That's the first point. Yeah, so I, I have a funny story. We're just going to use ourselves here as an example. Shani got to talk to you about this last night. So Ty and I have been having intense fellowship over one area in our life. We don't argue. And it's been very, very intense, and it's been the last couple of weeks the exact same thing, and I, I'm starting to laugh now every time this happens. But so, you know, we'll be in the bedroom, and I'll say, you know, you hungry? He's like, yeah, so kind of like a snack, you know, when you want a snack. And so as I'm about to go downstairs, I'm thinking about how I'm about to hook this up, right? I'm like, I know what we have. I'm about to do this. I'm about to, I'm about to go in. And so as I hit the corner, Ty will be like, Hey, babe, so when you go down there, can you just, you know, put some of that turkey on that bread and then just, you know, and he starts telling me what he wants. So I'm like, you know, going downstairs and I'm like, Ugh! and I wait and I'm like, okay, so I guess he wants this. So let me go downstairs and make what he wants. Hold on. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, let me go downstairs and make his little sandwich or whatever, you know. So I'll go down because I don't want to be rude to him and, like, not make what he wants. I'm going to go make what he wants. So I go for exactly the way he wants it. I'm thinking he's going to be happy. But now I'm about to hook it up for me because I know what I was about to make already. So when I come back, I'm like, yeah, here we go. Got this food, you know. And every time I come back, he'd be like, how you going to make all that for you? Where's my food? How you going to do me like this? I only got this little piece of turkey up here and all this and and I. And so I'm over here like, I'm doing what you're asking me to do. Little do you know, I have big plans for your meal. <laughs> because you, you, you keep asking me and telling me what you want. So I'm coming back doing exactly what you want, 
but my will, what I really want to do for you is so much bigger. And so as I'm thinking about this, because this happened the other day, so he said, I want just an egg with cheese on it and grits. I was like, so I'm making it, and then I stop and say, you sure this is all you want in your eggs? And he goes, that's all I want, just extra cheese. I said, okay. I made his egg scramble with extra cheese and then cheesy grits, right? So then when it was my turn, hold on, hold on. I, I chopped up some mushrooms and chopped up some peppers, and I put it in, started sautéing stuff, and then, because that's how I sauté, you go like that. And then I had some onions, and I let them get real sautéed, and then I threw the egg in, you know what I'm saying? So I had like a scramble going on, and then, you know, Oh, I think I sliced some tomatoes on top, and then I did a whole bunch of stuff. And then as I sat down, he stopped and was like, no, you didn't. Just make your food like that. So as I'm cooking this, it hit me that I think we're like this with God sometimes. I really, really think that there are times in our life that we're praying profusely. We're on our knees. We are asking God for the things that we want in our life. Now, don't. Hear what I'm not saying because there are times that God places that vision inside of you. So he's put that in there. That's why you want it so bad. But there are other times that you're asking for something of God that's not of his will, and he wants to bless you like this, and you're asking for this little bitty thing right here. God wants to bless you. So watch ourselves when we pray sometimes. When Point number one, we said God's will above our own. When you go to God, say, God, I want what you want for me. God, have your way in my life, God. I want what you want, not what I want, not my wants, not my wishes, not my desires, God, but what you have for me. What's the second point, Tyler? Oh, no, no. I, uh, <laughs> let me sprinkle a little bit on this. So, I, I mean, of course, men, y'all can read between the lines. You know, we tell our significant other something easy because we don't want to put them through so much trouble. You know, we try to make it simple. Can you cook me some? Can you cook me some breakfast? I got. I see where my amen corner is over here. <laughs> yeah, but she's like, all right, it's a little eggs, a little cheese. She comes out of the kitchen with an entire omelet. <laughs> I'm like, why don't mine look like yours? And it's not just once; it's every time. So now I've learned to say, cook me what you have. (laughs) In other words, we need to really examine the way we pray. What are we really asking God for? God, I want what you would have for my life. Because you know me, but you created me. You know me better than I even know myself. So. How is your prayer life looking? What are you praying for? I remember when uh, I was praying about this woman here. I didn't know it was her, but there was something specific that I was praying for. And God told me, you have to become everything that you desire. I'm going to say that again because somebody in here need to hear that. Everything that you're praying for, God spoke to me and said, you have to become that which you desire. So I began to take my focus off of a mate and begin to work on me. Because I'm a firm believer that you attract 
what you reflect. If you're asking God for someone who's rooted and grounded in the word, somebody's strong prayer life, well, how is yours? If you're asking God for someone who works out, who's physically in good condition, when the last time you've been to the gym? And I know I'm making it practical, but I want this thing to live to you. Everything in your life that you're asking for, everything that you've been praying about, have you examined your motive behind it? It's not my will, but, God, your will be done. I want what you would have for my life. We want to go into our second point in making big decisions, ignoring the roadblocks. How many of you ever faced a roadblock in your life when you're trying to make a decision? All right. At this point, I want to pass the mic around. Come on, somebody share. A big decision you was trying to make and you was faced with a roadblock. All right. Um, I'm going to be practical here. I don't want to lie or sugarcoat anything. Um, God has placed a calling on my life, and um, I've been afraid to acknowledge it. I've been afraid to um, to just walk in it. Um, I don't want anyone to treat me differently, look at me differently. Um, and a lot of times it's the people that surround you the most that just throw you off, that, you know, like they just – you know, they, they just make your vision so blurry and you just want to stay where you are. You want to stay in your comfort zone. Um, and for me, and this is actually either my second or third step toward moving in his direction, toward, um, toward moving, just moving to him. Um, and it's funny that we're talking about this, that we're having this particular conversation um, because everything is in perfect timing. I believe that everything happens for a reason. I may I may be the only one in here um, that feels that way, but um, he wants me to become a pastor. And, like, I'm shaking as I'm saying this because it's just, it's just kind of channeling through me right now, but that's the hardest part is me accepting it, me acknowledging it, me speaking it into existence. And now that I know where I am, and I know, you know, as I continue to do this, he'll only open it up more for me. So it's just, you know, continuing to chase him, you know, continuing to um, to just keep that open ear, um, and I know everything will work out for the best. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. He said he, he knows what God, what, what God wants him to do. He said, I got a calling on my life. And, um, we're going to pray for you tonight, brother. I believe that you've already answered the call. Now you just got to walk into your destiny. Anybody else want to share? Any roadblocks you faced? A lot of hands went up. Don't make me just give you the mic now. <laughs> Anybody else want to share? Um, roadblocks. <laughs> roadblocks. I would say that oftentimes it doesn't necessarily have to be something else. I have been my biggest roadblock. Um, a lot like you, I didn't fit the mold for other people. So because I didn't fit the mold, I would just stand back. So when God was pulling me or he would be giving me things to say, I would always be afraid to say them because I would think it was me and not God. And being able to really understand and to discern that it is him that is speaking and that when he gives it to me, he's giving it to me to speak. So for me, it was 
taking me out of the way and not being afraid on how people were going to receive it. Because if he's giving it to me to say, he's already positioned them to be able to take it. They're looking for it. So I, now I look at myself as I am the answer to someone's problem. So when I wake up, that's how I look at how I have to interact and go through my day. I am the answer to someone's problem, just like someone is the answer to what I need. So I think that it's oftentimes not necessarily someone or something else but we can be our biggest stumbling block because we don't have the assurance or we don't think or me, I feel like, why would he choose me? Like, I'm so imperfect. Like, my life is just, you know, I'm the kid that nobody wanted. I'm the child that should have been afforded. I'm the child that my mother didn't want. My grandparents died, this and that. I'm not, I don't look like other people. I don't talk like other people. You know, I'm a loner. Why would you choose me? But then people surrounding me, as he stripped other people away, he was like, why wouldn't I choose you? You are the perfect vessel. You're the one that was cast away. You were the one that's been put to the side. So you are the perfect reason of why I would use you. So I would encourage you with just those same words. You are chosen because those are the reasons. The odds that others are stacked against you and they're saying no, 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 that's the reason he chose you. Somebody say, get out of your own way. Wow, a lot of times. <laughs> mm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How y'all doing? This, this was an accident. I didn't even, I was coming here for something else. And... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think I found the right place. I think I found the right place. I'm, I'm liking some of the vocabulary that's just being used, not just spiritually, but just overall. There's some intelligence in this. You know, it's refreshing, you know. Um, sometimes you're out in the world and you kind of forget that stuff like this can take place, you know, um, and with other people besides yourself or our loners out here. Um I don't know about roadblocks, but it just feels like, well, okay, it can be a roadblock if you put it into that context. Someone said that they felt that, I think this was um, this young lady right here that said that, you know, you didn't fit in. Um, And I kind of felt everywhere that I've been in the last 10 years, like when I started to believe in God and um, got saved, um, got baptized, it seems like um, no place fits with me. It's the opposite. And I don't want to sound, you know, um, conceited or anything like that because it's all about, you know, humility, um, you know, on that walk. And the first five years, I didn't understand nothing. I was just taking all of it in and trying to, like, process it because it's so much, you know, and I still feel like 10 years later I'm still, you know, I'm just a baby, you know, with this spirituality. And, you know, you look at outside belief systems and, you know, different uh, um, walks of life, creeds and faiths, and you try to understand and, and find that bridge between, you know, what you believe in them as well. 
you know, for moments of fellowship or just trying to, you know, be open-minded, open-hearted. You know, the world can close that for you quickly. And uh, I think that that's been my biggest roadblock and um, that I don't, and it, it also caused me, it causes me to, like, constantly start over in different places. Like, I'm not, I just moved here, like, three weeks ago. I'm supposed to be a student over at college, and um, I just found out that the one class that I needed, I don't have all my transcripts, so I have to wait another year just to apply to get into the program. Yeah, talk about a roadblock. <laughs> Waiting another year for that. But uh, perhaps that's a good thing. You know, it'll it'll be a, a time where God can open up and show me something different that I wasn't paying attention to before because I was so in, you know, in that mode, um, tunnel vision. Some of us have probably had that, you know, once or twice. You know, I know once you pass 25, you do. Um, that's all I have to share. Thank you for sharing. I want you to know, God, don't make no mistakes. You was meant to be here at this place at this time. This is a community, people that love one another and just want to empower and inspire one another. So I need about four brothers to connect with this brother before tonight is over. We're going to keep in touch with you, man. We're going to strengthen you on this walk. You said it feels like you're still a babe after so many years, but you was meant to be here at this moment in time. We believe that. So we knocking down roadblocks tonight. I think um, I want to add on to it. When I think of roadblocks, I think of so many more signs that, are, that fall in that context. So roadblocks, warning signs, detours, these are things that, like you were saying, I'm going to college, I'm going to do this, and things that stop you. Maybe it derails you. Maybe it turns you all the way around. So think about that in your life right now or even in the last, 10 or 20 years, what are things that have stopped you and rerouted you? Change your whole game plan. Nothing you had planned. And we throw that in here because, going back to the scripture with Saul, Saul had a plan, right? When he hit the road to Damascus, he had a plan of what he was going to do, and all of a sudden, Jesus came in, and how many of us, Jesus came in your life and messed up everything for the better. But Jesus came up in my life and did a whole 180 because I was going one way. I can share my story of my roadblock, detour, warning sign, whatever you want to call it. I was in a really, really bad relationship before Ty. I thought it was good. I thought I liked it. I thought I wanted it. And God kept sending me all these signs, sign after sign after sign. And some of us, take it takes a million signs. And that's why I love the story when you hear Saul getting thrown at his back because it took for me to literally get thrown on my back before I was like, oh, okay, God, <laughs> I got it now. And so I always share the story of the teddy bear. This is like my favorite story to tell because I kept praying to God like, God, look, this relationship is working. It's great. God, look at it. And God kept saying no. He kept sending me these signs, sending me these blocks. But even still, I would fight and try to figure out a way to get through it because I wanted it. And then finally, uh, God was, I, I think of the picture of the, the little girl. There's a, there's a picture that you'll know of it when I describe it to you. There's a little girl with a teddy bear, and Jesus is standing in front of her asking for the teddy bear. And the little girl is saying, I don't want to give you the teddy bear. 
But what she doesn't know is that Jesus wants the teddy bear from her because he has a huge teddy bear that he wants to give her. And so what was happening in my life is that while I was in a relationship that was perfectly fine, God kept sending me all these roadblocks and all these signs because he was telling me I have something greater for you. I have a bigger teddy bear behind my, bla- behind my back, so I need you to get this, which is why he ended up throwing me on my back, which is probably why at some point in your life you were detoured, derailed, and thrown on your back too because God is repositioning you to where he's taking you, to your destiny. Saul had a plan. He was on his way. He was going until Jesus literally threw him on his back, put him through such an ordeal. I mean, can you imagine being blind right now? Right now. Being blind. You can't see anything. You can't describe it. I mean, they even say the people that Saul was with could hear him speaking and could hear the voice speaking and couldn't see anything. And now all of a sudden your leader can't see anything. So he put Saul from being this big, mean, scary leader to all of a sudden you can't see anything and you need the people around you to help you. So he'll put you through something so drastic to where you know it's nothing but God in order to derail you and put you on track to where he's taking you. And the scripture says he fell to the ground. And heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And right now I kind of want to pause and say, God will send a warning before he sends destruction. God will send a warning. You can write that down before he sends destruction. But there are a lot of times that we ignore the warning and walk in our own way. Here we go again. And the voice replied saying, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now listen to the command. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. A lot of times we know what we need to do. A lot of, we already know. Some people call it your gut. Some people call it your conscience. I like to call it your Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. We know the answer for our lives, but we're afraid to walk into it. But then warning sign after warning sign after warning sign, and I just told, uh, we were talking about this last night, I told Jacinda, I'd rather learn from other people's mistakes so I won't have to make them all myself. Sometimes we just have to listen to the voice of God when he's talking. Hey, my name is Ezra. Um, so specifically, how my roadblock seem to come about is, is um, when I feel like I'm taking this next step of um, this next step in my happy ending. You know, I got this big old plan. It's like, all right, this next step is about to make me so happy. It's about to, you know, take me to the next level um, of wherever God wants me, wherever I feel like I'm supposed to go. I um, mean, it seems like it's something always happens during that time that, like, all right, well, this isn't the end. I guess I got to go through some more stuff before I get to this point of happiness that I'm specifically looking for. Um, and this time it was um, – um, actually, I actually just got engaged on Christmas. The Jasmine is saying right here next to me. Um, so, so for me, it was like, yeah, you know, I'm being obedient. You know, we have this amazing story about what God did in our life. It's really cool, inspiring a lot of people, um, and it's so awesome. So, uh, about maybe a week and a half later, which is um, now uh, about a week ago, uh, almost a week ago, about four days ago, um, my cousin, that was like my brother. He's 23 years old. Um, he was playing with the gun, um, and he accidentally shot himself. It was one in the chamber, and he didn't know the clip wasn't in there. He accidentally shot himself. Um, so we actually just coming from Atlanta. Um, 
but he was just like my brother, like literally like my brother, like literally like he's my closest family member to me, at, period. Like him and I, we share a childhood, all my childhood memories. So, um, but it's like now it's like, well, I thought I was about to be closer to my happy ending, but it's like now this, you know. So I'm really kind of in the state of, like, what's next? So for me, it's like a huge roadblock because now it's like I'm not about to be, I mean, you know, I, what we have is amazing, but where my mind is, like, I'm not about to be telling people about what God is doing, my, you know what I mean, through me and my fiancé and, and, and my cousin just got killed. You know, I don't, I, you know there's no way. Um, that's basically where my mind is. And because um, how could I even how could I even live in this when this is going on, you know? Um, that's how my mind state is. And so my biggest thing wasn't really why it was God, what's next, what now. Um, but what God is showing me, just like he's shown me multiple times over and over, what he's reteaching me is, is to go blind, you know, do it anyway, go blind, you know what I mean, trust him anyway, um, keep talking about the faithfulness of what he's done and, and what's to come, uh, to just go blind. So I just want to encourage you, go blind. I just want to touch on a guy over here in the Alabama uh, jacket and what you said about people online talking about not wanting to sing in front of people. Everybody in here is uniquely made, and everybody here has a purpose and a destiny in their lives, meaning that I may be able to reach somebody that you can't reach. You can reach people that I can't reach. And God puts in our hearts a ministry to do certain things, and you spoke as being a pastor. And don't look at other pastors and say I have to mimic them just like online. Don't look at other singers and say, I have to sing like them. Be you. Be uniquely made like you because you may not be a pastor that's a pastor on the pulpit that's preaching out to people. You may be a pastor because you own your own business and you have a flock of people that come to you and that you're leading them through your business to Christ, not necessarily over the pulpit where you're over there preaching and you're leading a church. So you have to ask God and, and know that I'm in the right place for me not what I see, if that makes sense. And so when you talk about roadblocks, don't confuse roadblocks with enduring things because enduring things, like you said, you're enduring some things right now. It builds that faith. It builds that trust in God. And so don't look at there's There's a lot of times we abandon our mission because we have to endure things, and we look at it as a roadblock, but it's really let me endure through to this place because when I get to this place, then that's where my joy comes in the morning. See, you don't want to look at, I'm sorry, you don't want to look at happiness to happiness because happiness is emotion. And so one time you're happy, then you're sad, but you want to look for joy because joy is that thing that stays with you. I'm so sorry. I'm done. I'm done. Because we were just talking about that last night. We were talking about that exact same thing yesterday, and I said, I mean, that's the exact thing we were talking about, not focusing on happiness, because happiness changes. It's an emotion, but focusing on the joy. Therefore, decisions that are made in your life can only add to that joy, which ultimately brings us happiness. You know, we were talking with someone about, you know, finding a mate. It don't depend on that person to make you happy. You have to make yourself happy. That person can only add to who you already are. But they cannot fill that void. See, we all have that emptiness, that void in our lives. God put that in all of us, but it was so that he could fill it. That leads me to my third point. The lesson is 
the blessing. The lesson is the blessing. In everything that you're going through, and you, in your struggles with going in the ministry, and, and as for even what happened over the weekend, what can I take from this situation and learn from? Do you think that Saul, his name was changed to Paul, would have been one of the most prolific preachers of the gospel if he did not go through the things that he went through? And in, 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 in studying this scripture last night, my wife started going in. She was like, yeah, I remember when he was locked in jail and him and Silas uh, preaching and singing. And I'm like, okay, man. <laughs> Okay, and the jail came. He didn't even want to leave. He just said he told the guard. And I was like, okay, baby. She got excited. She got excited. She was like, he told the guard, I don't gotta go, but I want you to be safe. I was like, right. But in life, understand that we're not trying to reach a destination. It's a journey. And there's lessons along the journey. And why does God give us the lesson? So we can keep it to ourselves? So we can hold on to it? No, so we can go and encourage somebody else who's going through the exact same thing, saying, brother, I've been where you at. This is what helped me through it. Saying, I know what you're dealing with. This is where I drew my strength from. This is what got me over the hump. God has anointed all of us to share his good news. But are you doing your part? Everything that you went through in your life is not by coincidence. It's just not by chance. God needs you to share. And if you don't learn from it, you got to go through it again. See, the Bible says you'll reap what you sow. A lot of people look at it in a negative way. Always got to come back, but even in a good way. Those same seeds you sow on the ground will harvest up. So you got to go and take what you've gone through and plant it into somebody else's life. See, we've all been commissioned to go. Um, <clears throat> it's amazing that you said uh, it's not a, a destination that you're reaching. It's a journey. Um, right now I'm in graduate school at Queens, and I'm working on my uh, capstone, which is like the final for me to graduate. And so I decided to do something different and that's creating a documentary. And my name is Hillman, but everyone calls me Hill, and I decided to call the documentary The Journey Uphill. Um, and basically the documentary is talking about everything that I went through in my life. Um, as a young man, growing up in a fatherless home after my father passed away, and my mom um, making sure that she put me in front of um, men who displayed what it was like to be a father, what it was like to be a working man. and now, just like you said, it's now, now it's my turn. So now I've been giving back to the community and trying to teach other young men that, you know, it's, it's not about, you know, where you come from. You can, you can build yourself up. Because I never thought I'd be in graduate school. You know, I graduated. I think they let me out of high school. I had like a 1.6 GPA. And, you know, I never imagined being in graduate school. And so now it's something that I've learned as far as, you know, where I am in my life. It's, it's a journey. Like what I'm going through is, me being able to, when I look back at someone, to help them up and, you know, to show them that it doesn't matter where you came from or the situation that you've been through, you can, you can make it. Like, you could, you could put your, your best foot forward, you know, and, and as long as you have that, that determination and knowing that God is going to, you know, assist you in whatever it is you're trying to do, 
you can make it. So, I, you know, I just wanted to touch on the fact that you said it's a journey and it's not a destination. That's all I'm saying. You've got to what you've been through and encourage that brother. You're sitting beside him for a reason. He's sitting beside you for a reason. Everything that you're going through, you're going through for a reason. I'm going to say the scripture right here, and then I'm going to pass it on. Before we do anything, before we make any decision, we could consult God first. Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added. And every decision you make, have you incorporated God in it? I ain't talking about the big stuff. You know, I was praying about whether I should accept a job on this past week because I went to my wife and I was like, baby, I really don't have to. I've done I've been here before. And God spoke to me in church Sunday and told me why I was there. He said, your access is going to give you influence. There's people on that job that need to hear a word from you. The lesson is the blessing. Have you consult, consulted God first? My wife, she's my, my ear, you know. Me and y'all know when you got that good woman by your side, she's going to be your conscience. She said, what is your spirit telling you? What is that feeling telling you deep down on the inside? She said, don't ignore it. That's your answer. I know you want to touch more on Well, yeah, I, I definitely wanted to piggyback on what you said about your documentary, The Lesson is the Blessing. Think about the worst thing that happened to you in your life. Now think about the blessing that has come out of that. And I say that because it's about a it's about a ninety percent I can stand here and ninety percent say that you will be blessed from that situation, but there are some situations that you're like, uh, it still hits that spot with you. But in about ninety percent of the situations that you've been through that are the absolute worst, give it some give it some years, five years, ten years, twenty years. And one day, you gotta give it time, one day you'll be able to say, This is why I went through it. This is what I learned from it. And when you get to that point, it is like you have gold in your hand because just like you said earlier, he can't speak to someone else to what I went through. So there are times for a long time that I would go speak and go work at substance abuse centers with kids that are in high school because that was me. But Kelly can't go do that because that wasn't Kelly's life. That wasn't her walk. I can do that because I can tell somebody I know what it's like. I was you. So when you actually finally get out of that storm, you got to get out of it first. You got to get out of the storm first. And you got to give it some time. But when you get out of it and you see the blessing behind going through that darkness and going through that storm and living life without having your dad there, you probably hate it every day saying, why me, God? Why? What, but why me? Why can't I have that? And now you see that you have gold in your hand because there's so many other young men that are asking that same question that only you can go to them and say, this is what you do. This is how you push through. This is how you get through. 
So think about that. When you're going through these storms, I'm kind of bad with it. I'm so bad with it now, and I try to check myself. Sometimes when I hear someone saying the bad things that they're going through, I'm like, oh, my God, God is doing something (laughs) in your life, you know? And then they be like, oh, but it's getting so much worse. And I'm like, yes, Jesus. And I, I have to check myself sometimes because I see what God is doing in your life. It's kind of morbid, but I, but I just see God is taking you somewhere. He is giving you a testimony that's stronger than thou, and he's going to increase your influence to speak it to people to change lives. But when we're going through it, all we can think about is how we don't like it, and it does not feel good, but, ooh, it ain't about you. It's not about you. He's putting you through this because you got work to do. And once you get out of it, got to get out of it. Give it some time. You'll see the blessing and you'll see the goal that he's placed in your hand for you to really change lives with what you've been through. And that's why when he came and we both read this story of Saul, I was like, oh my gosh, this man was amazing. He was just this horrible guy, which at one point I'm sure all of us can probably attest that we've done some horrible things. I would probably say that I was a Saul. And then all of a sudden you go through this transformation that feels like hell, that is horrible. You see all these warning signs. You see all these roadblocks. You, I mean, it smacks you in the face a ton of times till it throws you on your back. And then that's when God says, now I can use it. Now you're mine. Now I've thrown you and I've stripped everything from you that the only thing you can't do is turn to me. And now he's using you for his glory, and that's just the best, it's the best story. The lesson is the blessing. And so the more lessons you have, the more blessings. So now I want everybody to do one thing. Write down your lesson. What's your lesson? What did you go through that may have been traumatic? It might not have been traumatic, but what did you go through? Now I need you to think about three people that you need to share that with. What did you go through? What was your lesson, part of your journey? Write it down. If you need to think about it, think about it on your way home. And then I want you to focus on three people that you need to share your story with. Because God poured that into you. He allowed you to go through that for a reason. I can't speak on being a smoker. I can't speak on getting high. But I know somebody who wrote a book about getting high, and it's called Uniquely Qualified. (laughs) My wife said, I used to smoke every day. Shout out to the smokers in your room. Throw your hand up. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. (laughs) But that was part of Yeah, that was like, oh, woo, woo. We used to, hey. It's all right to laugh, y'all. It's all right. I ain't going to judge y'all. It's all right to laugh. I throw myself out there. I can speak to some reform hoes. Hello, somebody. Come on. <laughs> you know, I can speak on being promiscuous. But God delivered me from that. <laughs> it's hard to laugh. So now a young man who's struggling with being faithful to that person that God has placed in his life, and he's saying, well, I still kind of look and get that temptation. I can go and tell him with every temptation, God provides a way of escape. 
I can go and tell him how to uh, uh, look at his body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. I can tell him about how to maintain one of the fruits of the Spirit, which is self-control, because that's part of my journey. I went through that. And if y'all charlatans know anything about fly, y'all know I was at the spot, all of them, all of them. But I posted something today that said God will bring you full circle. And now I'm back at the radio station with a different message on my lips. Come on, somebody. And in everything that I'm doing, I'm giving glory to God. I believe it because I wouldn't be there if it wasn't for him. But now I got a story to tell. Yeah. Um, you were sharing with us how you actually used to be on the radio station, how you used to go hard and different things. So to be able to see that you just said this a few weeks ago, this was just a few weeks ago when we were on the call and you were sharing that about how when it came time for him to walk away, how in that season he was okay with it but how God just gave it back to you and how much bigger it's going to be. So that's just, that's just really awesome. That's really awesome. Really awesome. <laughs> There's a lot of people that used to listen to me, but the post that I said today is God will allow you to go full circle and bring you back to the place that you once was to show you how much you've grown, to show you how much you've grown. Each and every person in here has learned a lesson through your journey. Now, what are you going to do with that lesson? All right. So um, which title is better? (laughs) 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 The Journey to Decision Making. That was our Bible study tonight with myself and Fly Tie. I pray that you are blessed by the word, by something in there tonight and can take some scripture with you. Definitely go and read Acts 9, 1 through 9, and just simmer on that, especially when you get, when you start to read more about what Paul does after, and you just see just how God used him in such a mighty way. I mean, we all talk about Paul all the time, but then to go back and see where he came from, just, it's powerful. So we want to go ahead and and end our Bible study tonight, but we want to do something different. We want to do something different tonight, and I want to add this into our Bible study, so even the young, you guys think about this too. We get a lot of prayer requests that come into Stolen Lunches, and I I want to share that with you guys. If you ever are in need of a prayer request, we have prayer warriors that will pray over your need. It can be, you know, in secret, or we can pray on the prayer call. But a lot of questions kind of come up. And so I just want to, at the end of our Bible study, throw out one, we only have time for one tonight, but like one or two questions, just just some random things that people are going through, just to see where, where do you stand in this. And so... What came up, I will not say her name, but what came up this past week is she said, what do you do when you are constantly giving of yourself? Giving, giving, giving so much that now you are hurting. And in this situation, this woman has given so much financially to someone else close to her that now the conversation we had last week is, I'm about to be put out. Like, I got nothing here. And so she was like, I'm I'm trying, and she said, I was trying to do the Christian thing. So 
So I want to throw that question out to you just to have a little bit of dialogue about it and if you have any scripture to back up on it because she, I'm sure she's probably watching. But what do you do in this situation? You're a good person. God commands us to love. You're loving. You're giving. You're giving so much that now you're hurting. You're like, that's easy. It goes back to your message. It talks about giving all yourself to God. So there's sometimes that we overextend ourselves um, and we put ourselves in situations that God doesn't desire us to be in. So, you know, if you're in a situation where you're hurting, then you overextend yourself and you stepped outside of God's box. You stepped outside of where God was in your life. And so you got distracted and you're focused on them, then really you need to be focused on you. And it's a personality trait because I'm one of those type of people. I'll give, 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 and neglect me thinking I'm doing the right thing but then you have to take a step back and say, you know, I really have to keep feeding me. And don't feel bad if you have to say, you know what, i got to cut ties here. you got to move on because if they're truly believers and they truly love God and they truly want to follow in his will, then God will have their back and he will support them. It's just not through you. You're here for a season or a seed. Somebody else will plant a seed. Somebody else will plant a seed. You have to know your role. you just got to know your role. Well, we got a praise and prayer. Plus, I'm, I want to do another question. We get, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Next Tuesday, that's going to be uh, both of them. They're leading uh, next Tuesday. Thank God, yeah. <laughs> Come on, everybody. So online, Jesse. I hope you can see us, Jesse Coffee. He said the roadblock was he wanted to actually be here tonight, but he didn't think people would accept him. So we typed to him. We told him, okay, fine, we'll see you next week. Then he said, start praying for me. Please keep me praying. I'm feeling God is dealing with me. I want to give my life fully to God. Next thing he said, I'm a child of God. I just gave my life to Christ. So congratulations. So, Jesse, I am literally typing you scriptures and things right now, and I just want to say get in um, this Bible study. Get in a, um, a Bible-believing church that preaches the word of God and, and sell it, inherit nothing, compromise, where you are free to worship and be yourself and be accepted. And, um, and we're telling him nothing can snatch you out of God's hand. And so if, read, if nothing else, read the four Gospels. It'll make sense to you. And um, you come here. You have a family here now. Stolen Lunches is your family. And we're going to pray with you. We're going to surround you and bring a friend. Bring a friend with you. So let's, this, let's pray for our brother Jesse tonight. I just believe y'all can do a little better than that. The Bible says angels. <laughs> angels rejoice over one soul. Wow, I told y'all in this building God is going to do something amazing, and we went there every Tuesday night, so I encourage each and every one of you to share the word. It could be your first time, but it's like a family up in here. I already done said four or five brothers are going to connect with my man. It's my brother's first time here. Look, he working. Look, he all right. All right. <laughs> he said this is my first time. Where is he, he got the camera in his head. He, see, that's family. That's family. Because we want to get this word out to as many people that can be inspired, whether it's over, you know, the conference call line or whether it's through social media. We want to, you know, reach as many people as possible because we believe that God is doing something. All right, it's another one that I really, yeah, I wanted to do another one. And if you have any questions, I don't think anybody rushing to get out of here. 
we'll put it before the, the people tonight and see if we can get you some help. But this is one that somebody sent in. What do you do when you and a loved one are estranged? Both of y'all love God. What do you do? I think it says, and it's a family member. It's a family member. Brothers or mom or something like that, like you guys do not talk. You know, you've been there in your family before where you have someone else that you just do not talk to for years. Throw your hand up if you, if you got that crazy person in your family. <laughs> Everybody got somebody. <laughs> Come on, they need some help. They need some help. They need some help. All right, come on. I actually went through this with my with my father, and um, I the best thing I can tell you is just to be transparent, um, be completely transparent. So I ended up just telling him exactly, you know, how I felt. Like his views on, you know, the Bible and him following God are a little different from mine, um, which which was which was okay. We know we just agreed to disagree. But through transparency, I realize that I'm okay with it. You know, with however you feel, whatever, whatever you do, I'm okay with my decision. And I know that with me following God, that, like, that, that is my father. So whether you decide to step up, you know, as my dad or not, that in his arms, I'm, you know, I'm safe. In, in his arms, I'm fine. And um, I would just encourage you just to, like, really just be, be transparent. Like, stay true to yourself. And when God tells you to do something, follow it. You know, you might not understand it. It might not make sense. You might be scared. You know, because I was, I was like, I don't want to have this conversation. I don't want to do this. You know, but um, through that, it, it it empowered me. And one thing that Ezra used to always tell me is that everything can be fixed with a conversation. Everything can be fixed with a conversation. So um, I would encourage you to have that conversation. Like they're tough. They're tough. They're uncomfortable. They're hard. But um, at the end of the day, like you'll take back all of your power. You'll you know, and just be honest. Be honest. <laughs> Forgiveness is so important, and we have to recognize that forgiveness is never about the other person, that it is totally, totally about us. It's about us relinquishing whatever we're feeling. So even if the other person is choosing not to step up, once you go to the person, you state your claim as she has stated, you say what it is you're feeling, even though you may not feel as though you did something wrong, Oftentimes, it's the perception and how the person received it. It's not, you may have felt like, oh, that was what I needed to say at that moment. But if their interpretation of how they received it was not in that manner and they have ill feelings about it, then you owe that person that apology to be able to say, you know what, if I offended you, I'm sorry. Being accountable for the actions that we may do is so important, so important, because we just sometimes just don't want to admit that we're wrong. You have two people that are stating their claims and saying, oh, I'm right, I'm right, and the other person saying, I'm right, I'm right. But somebody has to be willing to be accountable and say, you know what? Well, I made a mistake. I didn't say that the right way. And from there, if the person is not forgiving, you can be okay with that because you've taken the necessary steps. Now, you have to forgive yourself and allow them to go through whatever they have to because maybe their season has not come that they can let it go. It could be something else that's driving it, and you're just the person that's getting it. So that's just the way that I feel. Thank you. I'll try and make it real quick. 
I'll try and make it real quick, but there's a little backstory. So my best friend and his wife went through something pretty terrible. She turned to God. He went away from God. And she made a commitment in sickness and in health, and she did not want to walk away from him. But at the point, she felt so broken that she had done everything in her power and her knowledge to try and help him, fix him, get him to church. She finally just went to God and used him almost as an arbitrator. You know, and she went to God and said, God, if, you're, if you can't fix him, if you're not going to fix him, fix me to learn to deal with the person that he has become. And it is the smartest thing I've ever heard come out of that woman's mouth, and now they are better than they've ever been. You know, they're serving together in church. They are getting along. You know, their kids are happy. Everything has done a full circle, full circle from where they were before. Yeah, so... Yeah, but one, what's your what's your motive behind the conversation? So when I heard you talking about your friend talking about her husband, she was trying to change him. So even in their relationship, what's the motive behind the conversation? And if you've already went to your brother, even if they're blood family, because if you have it all against your brother, you should go to them. If you go to them once and it doesn't get resolved, then you should bring someone else in to have a conversation. Now, for us. People, newsflash, do not take somebody that's your friend. Do not take somebody that's their friend. Take somebody who's neutral in the situation because it's not about picking sides. It's about getting through the problem in the situation so you get where you need to go. And this is what I will leave them with. If that person was to pass tomorrow, would, would you have regrets? Okay. I want to start by saying, I want to, I want, because I feel like, it's important for us to always go back and reference Scripture because the Word is, is where we need to learn what God's interpretation is and, his, and get his understanding of what he wants us to know. So 1 Corinthians 13 4 7, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's God's definition of love. I had a situation where I had people in my life that were very close to family members. And one in particular relationship for years, it had been years, me and this person had not spoken. And I was upset. I was angry about it. I was frustrated because I wanted resolution, not conflict. I told a friend of mine, and you know what he told me? He asked me, have you prayed for that person? You see, it's easy to pray for the people that we care about, the people that we love. But how often do we pray for the people that have hurt us, that have done something wrong, that, 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 we're, that, we're, that we're bitter about? So when he said that, I thought, and I went that night, and I prayed for that particular person, and I prayed for somebody else that I had had a, a huge fallout with, very close to me, within a week. Both of those people reached out to me, um, and since that, and since that, and since that week, the relationships have been stronger, have been restored, because we have a God who will restore things, but we have to be patient, and we have to seek Him and what He wants, and do His will, not our own will. You dropped the mic right there. <laughs> if that don't help you, I don't know what will. God is a God of restoration. 
and I just believe that um, someone was helped by everybody who shared tonight, whether it's someone who was estranged from the family member or someone who have a, has a decision in front of them and they don't know which way to go. If you was blessed by God's word, please put your hands together one more time. I just want to say thank to you, to each and every one of you who came out tonight. Thank you for those that logged online and tuned in. I pray that uh, you really was blessed by this word. In the morning at 6 a.m., we will be praying. We have a prayer call. Those that called in on the line, uh, you can call in. And uh, we just pray, man. We do a quick devotion. It's not this long. It's only about 10, 15 minutes. Quick devotion, and then we uh, ask for prayer requests. Ain't that right, Shanique? Shanique, be on there praying. <laughs> and, um, and, and people give their prayer requests, what we can pray for them for. This is a community of believers that go to God on your behalf, and uh, they give praise reports. And I'm just so happy that someone gave their life to Christ tonight. Because in the end, that is why God gave us his vision, to inspire others to be fed by God's word. That's what stolen lunches mean, to essentially steal away intentional time to be fed by God's word. So all hearts and minds are clear. We're going to allow to send us your closing words, and then we'll go to God in prayer. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. I thought he was going to close out. All right, so what's coming up with stolen lunches? First, the men. Now, now, like I think you said earlier, men and women on Tuesday nights come together, but there's also a time that men just need to be together, just men. So the men's Bible study is in this building, and it's Thursday, January 26th at 7 p.m. It's on a Thursday. It's always the last Thursday of the month for men. Men come together, and I don't know what y'all do in there. Y'all do stuff. But no, what I will say, though, is this month we have an amazing speaker. How many of you have ever heard of Samaritan Speed International? Manny Omi will be the speaker, and and he, this man is phenomenal. Uh, so he shares a story of, he's from Africa. He's from Africa, and he shares a story, like, they had no shoes. No, no one has shoes, and he played a game of basketball. Was that, am I giving, messing all wrong? She's messing it up. <laughs> she, he played basketball. Uh, so, <laughs> so Manny is from Africa, and um, he, he, <laughs> he, um, he jacked it all up. <laughs> he had shoes. No one had shoes. <laughs> I can't even think about it now. She just messed it up. Anyway. As a young child, uh, he's really tall, so, of course, you know, you have these recruiters. Well, a missionary went to Africa and shared the gospel with him in his village. Well, in his village, they didn't have no shoes. That missionary put on a basketball tournament, and he won a pair of shoes in his basketball tournament. Eventually, he came over to America. He played overseas, became a great basketball player, and went out into the corporate world and made a lot of money. But God had put a calling on his life. How many of you, you know when a guy has a calling on your life, you can't run from it? And that was to give back to his country. So he left making hundreds of thousands of dollars, went back to his village, and said, I need to do something about these same young children um, that was like me. 
shoes change their world because there are diseases that you can get from just a cut on your foot. And people are dying in his village back in Africa. So his goal was to do uh, 10 million shoes worldwide. He's partnered with so many corporations um, in the last few years that he's already reached over 3 million shoes. And what he do, do is he, uh, he ministers to, to them, washes their feet just like Jesus did, and donates them a pair of shoes. So I can't tell the story like he tells it, but he'll be sharing with the men this month. This is a worldwide ministry, and we're so blessed to have them right here in Charlotte, and he wants to come and share with our men. So he has an amazing story, an amazing man that all the men need to connect with. Uh, the last Thursday of the month, we'll be right here at 7 p.m., and he'll be sharing his story and how you can get involved with his ministry and give back to others. Like they have in their building, they have the world on this one wall, and you see these little tacks everywhere they've been, and it is just phenomenal to see how God is moving through this ministry and how they're changing lives because, just like you said, it's one thing to just give you a pair of shoes, but, no, I'm going to minister to you as I put, you know, put, this pair of shoes on your feet. So, um, ladies, if you do want to call in or watch, you still can, but this is really for the men. And this man, we are honored. Like, I'm honored that he even can fit in some time in his busy schedule to sit down with the men. So, so Thursday, the 26th, 7 p.m. in this building. Women, now the women, we do our thing, and this is really where stolen lunches, lunches started. We give up our lunch break. Monday, the 30th. Monday, the 30th in this building. At noon, we will be here. And now it is the start of the new year, and I know a lot of people are doing it, but vision boards, we have a vision board party. It's for our Coffee and Conversations. It's Saturday, January 28th from 10 a.m. to noon, and our vision board party is different. It's women only, and it's a spiritual vision board party. So we actually have speakers coming in to walk us through. There is some preparation you have to do before you even show up. It's stuff you got to do and pray for before you even show up. But we have the boards and all that good stuff. Then for the big kicker, Stolen Weekend. It is about that time again. Stolen Weekend. Stolen Weekend. Um, I want to see. I think just you two. I think you guys are the only ones that were. Oh, and Ezra. Ezra, you can speak. I'll, I'll give you the mic just for you to speak for a second. Stolen Weekend. I know some of you are like, what in the heck are you talking about? Stolen Lunches. Stolen Lunches is about stealing away to be fed by God. So Stolen Weekend is about stealing away, and we steal away for the weekend, and we go to the beach. We go to Oak Island for two days. So we get there Saturday. We come back Sunday, and it is phenomenal. It is an amazing experience to just go and be free and allow for God to move in your life. And I know I went to work, and God even did a number on me. Ezra, just two seconds. Can you share? He's one of our teachers, yeah, but how did it change you? What did you like about it, if anything? Well, I'll just say the, the main thing that stuck out, it was like I got to experience the peace of God, and that's the biggest thing, um, mainly because uh, I guess the location and how everything was set up, the location, um, the speakers, the actual schedule, it was actually amazing, and it was their first one. So, like, it, right, right, it was the first one. Yeah, first one. Yeah, so it was actually um, really amazing, and it was just um, by the grace of God that, Ty and I, we met up, and he invited me, and 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 I love you, dog. But um, it, it was I'm sorry, I really it's really hard to put in words because it was really just that amazing. I've actually been on multiple retreats, and that's actually the latest one that I've been on, and that's actually they actually got better and better. That's the best one I've been on yet. So um, it's uh, it's really like no words to be described. 
mainly because of the fellowship. Like, it's some deep stuff that gets let out around those fires, um, and it's just amazing. I really can't put it into words. It's just really awesome. So I would hate for any of you all to miss it because you'd be missing a blessing, and I mean it. I mean it. Everybody like, fire? What, what time fire? <laughs> we, what are you talking about? We went on the beach, and we did a bonfire. And uh, we just talked, and we had a great conversation, and we just went to God. We laughed and had a good time. But what Ezra didn't mention is it's not only just like a normal retreat. Uh, he was in the room with another brother that didn't even want to be there. He said, man, I'm only here because my wife brought me here. I ain't even trying to be here. I want to go fishing out there. Later on that night at 3 a.m. in the morning, that, that older gentleman, he's probably about 50 years old, he asked that young man to lead him to Christ. And he led him to Christ in that room, and he accepted God into his life. And those are just some of the beautiful stories. Now, we do have other stories because we actually owe them some money uh, from last year because this woman right here preached the walls down. So now we got to have uh, another deposit to <laughs> um, rebuild. <laughs> Go ahead. Just talk about the experience because you went in. I don't think that was me. Um, I don't even remember. Okay, it was awesome. Uh, he, he did talk about how it started raining. Remember that at our fire pit? And we were running like we stole something. But my husband and I, that was the first time we were able to literally steal away and, and just to get along. So we hardly came out of the room, praise the Lord. But it was good. No, it was, I'm, I'm with Ezra. It was very peaceful. I mean, the presence of God was there when you when you roll up on the, the whole place. But what I loved about it, we saw every age. We saw um, every denomination, every culture, and nobody was, like, trying to be on peace. Because we were all just having a wonderful time and relaxed. Nobody felt like they had to be somebody or be all churchy. It was so like the presence of God. And you didn't feel like you had to do anything but to wake up early in the morning to be to do yoga, to pray together. It was just the most dope experience. I mean, for real. And I'm looking at my calendar like, Lord, don't let school start back in them two days. And I think it does. So if I can't be there, somehow go for me. But um, I, I strongly suggest that you just make it a priority to be there and do still that weekend. I mean, everybody tells you you need to at least take at least one day a week, one week in a month, and then one month for a year and just have it dedicated to God. So why not do it that time? It's a perfect time. Change of the season is perfect. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> oh, I wasn't crazy. We're talking about that one. Make sure you log on to org. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Everybody, y'all see a card in front of y'all. Pass it on to somebody. Pass it on. We pay, we pay good money for them cards. We spend like $20. <laughs> now pass it on if you feel like it's somebody in your life that will be encouraged by coming here on Tuesday nights or about our prayer calls or you know, uh, just being a part of this community of, of people who love God, pass it on, let somebody else know, and we'll see you next Thursday. All right? Um, no, next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, right here, same place. All right? Um, I'm trying to see who's going to get this mic to pray, to close us out in prayer. Anybody want to volunteer? Come on, pa- Pastor, you didn't pray. Look, you don't even know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't went in so much tonight. You might as well. I, I told, I told my wife for real. I was like, I was like, man, I, I, oh, 
talk at the beginning. I, I knew I had something to say. I was like, I want to talk. But <laughs> I know, right? Um, everybody bow your heads. Just, Father God, we just thank you for this time of fellowship. We thank you for stolen lunches, being obedient, Father, and just allowing the freedom of your will and your spirit to be in this place, Lord. I just thank you right now that you are touching each and everybody right now from the top of their head to the soles of their feet right now. Any roadblocks, Father, any places in their heart that they are not surrendered to you right now in the name of Jesus, I'm asking that you would go in and break up that fallow ground, Father. Plant new seeds, Father, so that you can grow the fruit that you desire to grow within their hearts and within their lives, Father, as you're planting them in ministry, as you're planting them on their jobs, Father, allowing them to reach out to touch people who are around them, Father, that may not know you, Lord, because they're the only Christian or the only God that they see in their lives in the name of Jesus, Father. I thank you right now for stirring up the gifts on the inside of us, Father, that we're able to use them, Lord, that we're able to use them for your glory, use them for your just your presence, Lord. We thank you right now as we travel home that you are just protecting us. We thank you in our households, in our jobs, Father, um, and where our feet step right now in the name of Jesus, that you are just keeping us safe, Lord, from all the attacks of the enemy right now that we are enduring to the place where we need to be, Lord. Father, we thank you right now for just the things that you are placing in us. We thank you for the knowledge and the wisdom that you have given us, Lord, and I thank you for all that you are doing here. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if... if if we got some first-timers here. We want to get your information. So before you get out of here, if you don't mind, just write down your name, write down your email address, or your phone number. We want to stay in touch with you. All right, thank you all for joining us again. We want to get your, uh, your number and your email address.